my prayer, God of love, give me peace. It really works. So this week, when you're at school, or you're at home, or you're playing with a friend, or you're in a little struggle with your mom or your dad, I want you to try that prayer, okay? God of love, give me peace. Can you try it at home? Yeah, give it a try. Let me know how it goes, okay? Thank you all so much for coming up. We're grateful for each one of you, and we're so glad that you're part of our church. Hope Gateway wouldn't be Hope Gateway without these young people, right, friends? We would not be Hope Gateway without our youngest friends. We're grateful for each one. So it's time now to light two candles on our Advent wreath. And Jeff and Sylvia are going to help us with that. Jeff and Sylvia are going to share some words and then we're all going to sing. Who's first? You're first, right? One candle can chase away the darkness, two candles can light two rooms, or be held by two persons. May the growing brightness spread to a wider community in need of more light, more hope, and more peace. May this light also touch more spaces within the rooms of our inner darkness, filling us with God's peace. May these two candles symbolize a growing awareness of God's peace that surrounds us always. May each of us commit ourselves to sharing the light that entered at the manger in Bethlehem. Let's share these words together. This Advent, we pause, we breathe, we pray, we dig deep, we reach out. We rise up, we remember, we vision, we sit with the pain, we stay with the trouble, we wait expectant, we light candles, we labor, we open to you and to one another, and to the sacred mystery that is love incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, we lean in toward the light.
I love Advent. <laughs> and the Sunday of peace is always a gift because we always need more peace. And we need to be reminded what peace is. Yesterday, <coughs> we a confirmation youth and some family members and mentors went to Boston, not just for a fun trip, but to see um, the 38th product, annual production of the Black Nativity, which is um, a really remarkable um, play. And it is a non-sanitized telling of the story of the birth of Jesus. And um, it's not Silent Night, Holy Night, but the message of peace in the midst of the strife was overwhelming and convincing. As they said at the beginning and as they say out there on their website, um, the Black Nativity is a gift from the African American community to all people of goodwill. And it was a gift. There were lots of children who were part of the production. And um, one of the most remarkable parts is that there's a birth scene. And Mary is in labor for a while. And that's actually real. Because um, when anybody, when any baby's born, it's not really a, oh, look, here's the nice baby. That's not real, but um, as I said, it's a non-sanitized version of the telling of the story of the birth of Jesus. Unfortunately, there is an even more reality-based mirror of the Christmas story happening right now along our southern border. As caravans are arriving and being denied entry into the United States. Tijuana, right across the border, has several overflowing shelters where as many as 6,000 people are living side by side in tents and under blankets, surrounded by trash and soiled clothing. One of the signs of hope and peace in the midst of this chaos is that volunteer doctors from San Diego are visiting the Tijuana migrant shelters and treating illnesses that um, exist everywhere but are especially a problem when you're living in close, unclean spaces, like upper respiratory infections, rashes, diarrhea, upset stomachs, and one of those doctors is um, Dr. Julie Sierra. And she um, reflects on what she saw there when visiting at the shelter. Um, what did Dr. Julie Sierra tell you about the patients she's been treating? She's been treating mostly women and children. I saw mostly women and children. Actually, most of the women I saw were pregnant, uh, six to eight months pregnant. Um, they've been traveling in that state, and they're uh, very fatigued and very um, 
traumatized, quite frankly, by the journey and having to flee their homeland. When my friend uh, Melissa Tustin shared this story on Facebook, she wrote this reflection earlier this week. Christians, if we're not choking on the irony, we don't understand this season at all. Most of the women are six to eight months pregnant. There is a nativity story being told in a non-sanitized version on our southern border. But the real, the first story of Jesus' birth was not so sanitized either. And I'd like to tell you that story from the Gospel of Luke. And this story of Mary, a girl who would not have chosen to be in the conditions that she found herself in at any stage of her motherhood, is a powerful woman with some powerful things to teach us. The beginning of Luke talks about Elizabeth and Zechariah as the priest, who are, and they are the parents of John the Baptist. And after um, Luke begins their story, then he moves on to the story of Mary. In the sixth, I'm beginning with verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a mar married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name, Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. If an angel greeted me saying good morning, I might be a little shocked. But then Gabriel continued, you're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. I'm sure she was totally reassured that there was nothing further weird going to happen in her life from that point forward, right? But I'm sure she held on to that message of don't be afraid very tightly. God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son old as she is? Everyone called her barren, and here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing, you see, is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I am the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. Then the angel left her. Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country, straight to Zechariah's house, and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, and Elizabeth sang out exuberantly, You are so blessed among women, and the babe in your womb also blessed. Why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman, who believed what God said, believed every word would come true. And then Mary preached her sermon. I am bursting with good news, with God news. I'm dancing with the song of my Savior God. God took one look at me, and look what happened. I am the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength, scattered the buffling braggarts. He knocked down tyrants off their high horses and pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It is exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up until now. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then went back to her own home. Just in case you missed it, three plus six is nine. That's how long a woman is pregnant. I think sometimes we just gloss right over that fact that seems quite obvious when you pay attention to the details. This statement of Mary, this song, this sermon, is Mary's political manifesto. And she delivers it fairly publicly. 
in the home of an official temple priest. And in these words, we see deep thought and strong conviction and a good deal of political savvy. Maybe Mary wasn't as young as we claim her to be, or maybe she was more mature than we see her in our pictures, in our minds. Mary was a remarkable woman and a teacher of Jesus in all things, even before he was born. These words by Nancy Rockwell, I think, sum it up pretty well. Mary, wanted by God according to the angel, for her bold, independent, adventuresome spirit, decides to bear a holy child for a bold agenda, to bring the mighty down from their thrones, to scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts, to fill the hungry with good things and send the rich empty away. This is Mary, well-spoken, wise, <coughs> gritty. Traveling alone like every prophet before her, she sets out on her first journey to her cousin Elizabeth's house to declare her agenda. There will be more journeys to Bethlehem, to Egypt, and back, and more journeys after that. Mary's sermon gives me peace. Not because everything is all right. <coughs> Not because everything will be sanitized into a Merry Christmas, but because the truth is that God turns things around. God doesn't forget those who are suffering. And God has a heart for those who are downhearted, downtrodden. And that truth helps me to find peace in the midst of the despair that seems to be all around me. Mary's song reminds me what I believe, which is, in the end, love wins. And that this journey that we are on together on this planet may be full of tyrants, and oppression, but the will of God is to pull the victims out of the mud and to bring the starving poor to a banquet and to leave the callous rich out in the cold. This should be our aim, our goal, to live so that the song of Mary can become a reality and to live as if it will become a reality.
There is a star on your seat. And I'd invite you to hold it. And to think and pray on the question, how will you live to embody Mary's message, love wins. But as you do that, I invite you to listen and to breathe and to take in the message of this song that Ophelia is going to share with us. Love wins. Just 
fleeing politically ordered genocide. Christmas is a dark-skinned refugee born amid the smell of damp straw and animal dung because no human-worthy welcome could be found. Christmas is a poor, itinerant, street-preaching rabbi living off the generosity of those around him. Christmas is a compassionate caregiver feeding and clothing and healing whoever crosses his path. Christmas is a liberal activist fighting for the poor, condemning violence, shunning material wealth, and calling the world to live sacrificially for the common good. John Pavlovitz. Sometimes it takes a lot of faith to keep believing that there will come a day when tears and sadness, pain and hate, struggle and madness will all fade away. But I believe we're siblings, sisters and brothers. I believe that we're made to be here for each other. And we will never fail if we walk hand in hand and put a world that is broken together again. I believe. In the end, love wins.
Amen. Let's take a few moments to be in the spirit of prayer so that we might share our celebrations and our concerns with one another and with God in a time of community prayer. Beginning with prayers of gratitude. I'm going to jump in and grab the first one and invite Katie to come up. I want to introduce you. Uh, this is Katie Holicky, who is our youth group coordinator. Um, normally, Katie's schedule has prevented her from being with us on Sunday mornings, but her schedule has just shifted a little bit, and she's able to be with us today. Katie is a shared staff person by Hope Gateway, uh, Trinity Episcopal Church, uh, Woodford's Congregational Church, and St. Luke's Episcopal Cathedral. Four uh, churches sharing together in an ecumenical youth group, which is now about a year and a half. Yeah. We're about a year and a half into this journey. And I'm just going to invite Katie, totally putting you on the spot, if you want to say anything about the youth group. Wow, this is on the spot. On the spot. Thank you. <laughs> so I just have to say, I, um, it's such a privilege and joy to be a part of this ecumenical work and this work that God has definitely called me to and is such um, hope and peace and joy in the world to see these young people from different traditions find their similarities and commonalities and really think about their call and desire to do service to the community and be that peace and hope for us. And it's so powerful to watch them do that. We spend about half of our time in service project, and um, they're doing great stuff with Family Promise and with other local organizations, and it's been truly a blessing to, to be a part of that and to bear witness to all of it. Thank and, you. And we are blessed to have Katie in the leadership of that. This past Sunday, the youth group met here. Um, they worked on two service projects, putting together a, a whole collection of gifts for all the families who've graduated from Family Promise, so they'll be receiving those, and then putting together gift bags for the 13 residents at Hope House. And there were 18 youth, and that's not unusual to have uh, that kind of a gathering. It's just a really incredible gift uh, and a blessing. So share the word if you know other youth who are connected with one of our churches who'd like to be a part of that. Or if they're not. Or if they're not. <laughs> and be sure to greet Katie after worship today. What other celebrations do you have that you want to share uh, that prayers of gratitude or joy. Teresa. Okay. We celebrate with you that you found your kitty. And what's your kitty's name? Mister? Mister? Oh, Mischief. Sounds like that's an appropriate name. <laughs> So we pray that mischief is well again soon. Other uh, prayers of joy today, celebration. I know one, and that is that today is Cassinia's 18th birthday. And not only that, but today Cassinia is performing in her very last uh, performance of The Nutcracker at Merrill Auditorium, which she's been doing for 10 years, since she was eight years old. And today is her very last performance. So kind of a milestone moment and maybe a little bit of nostalgia mixed in with that. So our love and prayers are with you, Ksenia, as you celebrate and as you move through this uh, really important day in your life. Yes. So we've been praying for my nephew and niece-in-law who live in Indonesia and have been displaced from the town, Palu, which has been destroyed by an earthquake and tsunami. And um, continue, please, to pray for them. I get to go see them soon. But in the joys, their churches that they've been serving have begun to, um, to work together, um, 
not called by Matt or Karen or the ministry there, but just begun to say, we need help. Mm. We need to help one another. We need to, we need to do some trauma uh, work with one another. And then they, they sought that training and got it for themselves. And then now they're sharing it out with their congregations. And it's just, Matt says it's a real blessing to see them beginning to own how they're going to respond to this complete disruption of their world for decades to come. Our prayers and love continue to be with them as the people of these communities work together to, to bring their own healing. Yeah. yeah. And when are you going? Uh, next Sunday night. Next Sunday night. So our prayers are with you for safe travels as well. Eileen. And she just got back for 25 days of being away. Yeah, we're glad to have you back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Escaping. And when it came time for her to get a place to live, Carla's storage space in our building was across from mine, and I knew it had lots of furniture in there. So I went to Carla and I said, Carla, would you really be willing to share anything? And she said, Oh, sure. And Kim came over and went through everything in there and took everything she wanted. And a little postscript to that is that Carla had an exercise bike, and she said, I didn't take it. I never used it. And I said, Nah, I can't do that. Then we had a snowstorm. Can I have that exercise bike? <laughs> so Carla just died. She was 92. Okay. We celebrate the life of Carla. Uh, Katie Mears also shared at the 9 o'clock gathering that her grandmother died this past week. So we remember at age 96, I think she said, we remember Katie's grandmother and give thanks for her life. Betsy. And I'll, I'll do one other quick one. A, a person in our extended family, a young lady, about 20-ish, has suffered from cystic fibrosis for quite some time. Oh. Say the first name again. Dana. Prayers for Dana recovering from lung transplant surgery. Give thanks for that. Other prayers of celebration. Teresa. It was a really fun evening at a Christmas carol at Portland stage on Friday evening. We're grateful for Teresa's leadership and for, I see some heads nodding for all who had a chance to enjoy that performance. We give thanks for Miriam Kernage is performing today um, in Kennebunk and so her family's not with us today. Um, and they have lots of big events this week, so. Prayers for the Turnage family. We're also grateful for Carolyn's safe return from England celebrating her, her father's life. Other uh, celebrations today, prayers of gratitude. Yeah, it was great to have Mike Davis with us. He's recovering slowly from his surgery. We give thanks for all the blessings of life which come from God and we offer them up to God as we say together, thank you God, thank you God. What are the concerns that you bring today for yourself, for someone you care about, for a situation in the world? Teresa?
Prayers for Teresa's mom, who's recovering from some injuries from a fall. Okay, so prayers for Teresa's mom. Other prayers of concern today? Let's just pray for protester from, uh, from France. Yes. Uh, we watched yesterday that uh, we are uh, like uh, yellow vest movement. Yeah. Many of them went to the jail. They're just uh, fighting for their rights. But unfortunately, some of them are getting hurt uh, from, the, from the police. And uh, that's uh, my concern. So prayers for the protesters in France, um, for their safety and protection, and for their right to be able to express their concerns. Sue. From Patrick. Is it Diana, did you say? So we pray for Diana and Adelina in Rwanda. We pray for peace and resolution to all the difficult things that are happening in that country and in so many other places as well. Pray for peace and resolution. I pray for Iran, which has never been forgiven by the United States for overthrowing the Shah. Prayers for Iran. Let's name other countries in the world that we want to be in prayer for, other places. Burundi, Israel, Palestine. We trust that God is in each of those places. God's Spirit is at work in those places. Other prayer concerns? We pray for Shantia Wright Gray, who received some uh, news from some medical tests this past week. And they're sort of mixed good news, bad news, but she will be having some surgery in the coming weeks. And she asked me to share that and invites our prayers for her. Um, we pray with thanksgiving that this is our Greater Portland Family Promise host week. Um, this space will become the home for three families, 13 individuals for the week. Our classrooms will become their bedrooms. This room where we're sitting will be the living room and dining room. Uh, we're grateful for the many people who have signed up to fill 92 slots for serving this week. Everything from making meals and delivering them to coming and playing with children and sharing dinner around the table and sleeping overnight. We're so grateful for all the people who have stepped up to serve in that way. And we pray for both the families and the guests who will be here this week. It just occurred to me to say this. Uh, 
Former bishop. So prayers for retired Bishop Bayshore. Okay, so prayers for Bishop Bayshore. We continue also to pray for Wanda Stahl's mother, Rita Stahl, who is recovering from uh, broken hip and surgery. Well, for all of our concerns, the ones that we have named aloud and others that we carry with us with sighs too deep for words, uh, we share them with God, we offer them up to God as we say together, hear our prayer, O God. Hear our prayer, O God. We trust that God does hear our prayer, that God is present with us, closer than the air we breathe, surrounding us with love, and inviting us to this table where we feast on the bread and share the cup. As we remember the beginning of Jesus' life and his family of origin, we remember the end of Jesus' life and how he continued in the path of self-giving love when he took bread and he broke it and he shared it with his disciples gathered with him around the table and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you eat it, remember me.